ओम तेजोसी तेजोमय देही वीरमसी वीरमय देही बलमसी बलमय देही अजोसी अजमय देही मैनुरसी मन्नुमय देही सहोसी सहमय देही इफलजन पावर आर दाव फिल्मित पावर भेलार आर दाव फिल्मित भेलार स्ट्रेंथ आर दाव फिल्मित स्ट्रेंथ वाइटल एनर्जी आर दाव फिल्मित वाइटल एनर्जी रिजल्व एगेन्स्ट रंग आर दाव फिल्मित दैट रिजल्व फोर्टिट्यूड आर दाव फिल्मित फोर्टिट्यूड ओम शांति 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 पीस 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 The topic today is morality and Vedanta. Chesterton nothing sublimely artistic has ever arisen out of mere art any more than anything essentially reasonable has ever arisen out of pure reason there must always be a rich moral soil for any aesthetic growth gustave flaubert what is beautiful is moral that is all there is street will do not a statesman cannot afford to be a moralist immanuel kant morality is not properly the doctrine of how we make ourselves happy but how we make ourselves worthy of happiness then now my most of the quotations will be from swami vivekananda i will say read only one line from each one real basis of life is ethics and morality love and renunciation are the motive powers of the universe the philosophic background philosophic background is where from the this idea comes it is because the universal idea universal reality the infinity through which once you recognize the infinity of the soul then all morality can proceed from there self abnegation 
is the basis of moral life. Moral life is ethical life to sacrifice for somebody else. When I try to grab things for myself, it is not morality. Immanuel Kant wrote a book called Critic of Pure Reason. And there he argued and ultimately he concluded, but by pure reason I cannot establish God. After light, after life, the need for unselfishness, morality. But if these things go, the basis of the universe goes, basis of society goes. Because if the man, man is all the time selfish, all the time self-considering, all the time do not consider about the goodness and badness, morality or immorality of an action, then society will collapse. So he wrote another book called The, the Practical Reason, Critic of Practical Reason. He said, this practical reason of the upkeep of society, all these values are necessary. I have done good work, I have not enjoyed. You have done bad work and you are enjoying. That is not fair. So, how to solve it? If you put it on God, God becomes partial, not a very good man. So, the put that you will be given later life. God meant to do it by whoever does it. So you are sacrificing, next life you will get it. Because this time I am not getting it. Otherwise, why should I be moral? Like by cutting the throat of somebody, I can make money, why not? And many people do it also, of course. So because the great teacher says so, Christ says, love thy neighbor as thyself. But by loving if I cannot make money, why should I love him? By cheating him if I can make, why not? So they said, you have to... But society cannot go on if all the people are cheats, all the people are liars, all the people are selfish. So for a social ideal, they'll have to admit that that is the essential aspect, unselfishness. Some believe that afterwards it will be given me. It may not be in this life, because many occasions are there in life. This life we cannot see it. Many good people suffer. Why? No clear expression. So Immanuel Kant agrees that even if I cannot establish a thing by pure reason, I can establish it by the concept of practical reason. Because the wish to live a good life or a whatever life depends upon the emotion, not upon the reason. Because the reason pushes me in different directions. As I was arguing, if by cheating I can prosper, why not? That is reason. But your basic idea is to live a good life. Everyone wants to be good, at least considered to be good. There is a famous Greek saying, what is hypocrisy? Hypocrisy is a homage paid to the inexhaustible, paid to the virtue by vice. Why a viceful man proves that he's a good man, because he knows good is better than bad. And that's why he poses that he's a very pious man, good man. But he may not be. So that is hypocrisy. 
So it is, Pakistan is really a homage, it says. It's an interesting way of putting it. So that is the idea that man often is moral because of social pressure or social expectation. A man is a drunkard. The moment a child is born, they tries to give up. He knows drinking is bad, but for me it is not so bad. But for my child, I don't want it. So to impress him, I also try to give up. A man tells lies, but how to tell his wife that he tells lies? He tries to tell as far as possible truth. These are so social considerations, social expectations. They expect to be a good man. So you try to be a good man, or at least pose as the good man. Or social pressure. A man has gone to the court, that, that side whole group will lose if he tells the truth. So he was coached up and everything was done. Everybody knew that. But many people of the village came to hear his testimony. Seeing all the, seeing all the people, he could not tell a lie. He told the truth. And then his case was lost, of course. His part was lost. But he said, all these known people, how to tell? And everybody knows the truth. You don't tell it, that's all. So how could he tell a lie? They know me as a good man. So there is a theory that 80% of our moral behavior, not because of our goodness, innate goodness, but because of social pressure or social expectation. But Vedanta believes man's basic nature is spiritual, holy. So that is trying to struggle out. But sometimes, because this world is created between right and wrong. Saitanrite mithunikritta e jagat. This transitory world is creating, created by mixing good and bad. Otherwise, there cannot be a creation. That's Yamkrita quotes that with pure gold you cannot make an ornament. You require dross in it. From the pure state of Satya Yoga, if there was ever any Satya Yoga, there was no defect. The moment or the universe evolved, more and more dross was being mixed. That is the idea of yogas. But they suppose that in Satya Yoga everything was perfect. Everything is perfect, you want to defend it, you can say it is almost like before creation. But, or at the point of creation. And when it came, Maya came in, it is very difficult to say. So that is how his effort is made to explain. But from the normal experience it is said that no creation is possible without a mixture. If everything is uniform, there will be no creation. Say so if the air is uniform, no storm, no upheaval, whether it will be impossible to live. That is the idea. So, there in nature also all this fluctuation is there, variety is there. Variety, but Vedanta harmonizes by telling variety is the law of life. In a man that is good, that is bad. Good gradually manifests as it goes on experiencing. Why? Because his real nature is good. It is the spirit. 
spirit has no defect. Defect is in the body, in the mind, but not in the spirit. Vivekananda argued, even Christian theory, that all are born sinful, they posit a condition when Adam was free from de- defect, no sin. Out of pure condition, he ate the, ate the fruit of jnana, knowledge or something, and became sinful, and his, all his progeny are sinful. But original state was pure. I said even Christianity pointed out, even in that stage, purity is the source. Later gets mixed up. Vedanta's position is the Atman is the ultimate nature of man. Body changes, so we are not the body. Mind changes, we are not the mind. Beyond the body and the mind is the spiritual self of man. That is our real nature. And that is pure. But in life, goodness is very difficult to see. Goodness is there, otherwise the world would not have gone on. I remember one girl, one woman, was a barber, my devotee. A modern type of barber, of course. So she was telling, oh, in this life there is no love in life. So probably she had some shock or this or that before that. I told her a few minutes earlier you told that you love your dog so much. No, no, that's a different thing. No, no, the same love. You love for the dog, love for the husband, love for the children. Same love is manifesting in different ways. So you can't say the love, love, RC is not there. It is there, but not in our particular case, that idea. Anyhow, Swamiji in another place says, love and renunciation is the law of life. Now, the moment you love the child, you make renunciation, give up so many things. That's why sometimes it is called householder's life is more sacrificing than monk's life. Normally we give Respect to the monk, aha, poor man, everything he has given up. So I'll at least salute him once, you see. That is compensation, you see. But then uh, we, I had a predecessor editor, Budhananda. He collected for two years Vedanta, which was full of quotations from Mahabharata and other books. The householder sacrifice was more than monastics. It is true also. Say, so I have got a headache. I am a monk. Of course, we are half householders with property this that. But is genuine monk who doesn't have proposition, nothing. He just goes and closes his door. I won't talk to anybody. I don't care for anyone. But a mother can't do it. She has a terrible headache, cannot get up, but the child returns. Some or other she gets up and do it. Why? Because she loves the child. Because it's her duty. But indirectly she is getting the result of yoga. Yoga is self-control. You have got headache, still you do the work. That is, in a sense, yoga. Self-control. Now, she unconsciously has got this idea of self-control. I remember many years ago, I was in Delhi at that time. So an American ship full of people, various experiences are going on, of students were going to different parts of the world with their professors. Germany, India, and Japan. And that major topic for special study other than normal courses was family. So this group, 
the principal of the modern school came to take me. On the way, he told me, Swami, you can't take out religion or God. They don't believe in religion. Well, all right. So I went there. I told, I have been told not to bring religion and this and but and you don't believe in it. But from my dress, you can find out. In India, we don't change the dresses. From my dress, you can find out I was Swami dedicated to God. You can attack me with whatever arguments. I was also young, you see. So you can fight. When you get older, ah, let us say. The children are telling many arguments, don't care. Anyhow, you can attack me, but don't do it insultingly. We are not used to insults. They insult their professors here by a type of language. So the one girl asked me, why should there be loyalty in married life? No God, no moral code. I told you, see, the whole thing depends upon your conception of the nature of man. It can be dealt with the man is a social animal. From society standpoint, you can tell him. And another is man is a spiritual entity. Now, Immanuel Kant said, without bringing God in the picture, you can do irregular things, but just think if the whole world does it, what will be the condition of the world? Everybody becomes disloyal to married life, what will be the condition of the world? That is his main argument. Religious argument, I told, our ideas, concept from man, for centuries of training, that man is a soul. Now, how to manifest the soul power of man? A young man marries a young woman, beautiful looking. After 20 years, she loses her beauty for from illness or something. But he still loves. That means he has transcended the body idea. Previously, love the body, mainly, of course, other things were there. But the time comes, he has transcended by buried life, loyalty, and other things. So that is how you can explain. There's some professor, I told, professors are dictating them. I told, why are you dictating? You come up. Okay, I was in a very fighting mood. But then, after some time, that principal invited me in another place. But there was no argument, nobody to challenge. So I talked in a very mild way. The pro that pensioner was not satisfied. No, this time the talk was very, very mild. It, that spirit was not there. That spirit, unless you attract, attract how, how are you going to manifest spirit, you see. Anyhow, so this is the point that basic concept from life decides what who you are on the basis of that life. So Shavaji says, basic life is love and renunciation. Love because I love the child. So he argues in one of the poems that when a robber robs, violence is not motive, motive love for the child at home. To feed his child, he robs somebody else. So. Really, primitive motive was love. And if you love somebody, what is the proof of love? Sacrifice. What is the proof of love? That I love you. Oh, my child, I love you, but I won't feed you. That won't do. You'll have to 
serve also. So all the time slaving for the child. Out of love, out of probably biological reasons or whatever it is. Anyhow, so this is the point he made. Self-abnegation is the basis of moral life. Moral life means I give up my self-interest for you. That ethical conduct, moral conduct is selfish conduct beyond that. Is, uh, that means I give up some of my own rights. Own rights. They say three ideas co- control the world through the centuries. Express it with three C's. Composition. In the hunting stage, competition was the major idea. Selfish consideration was the major idea. So man looked after himself. Then came the agricultural civilization. They found 20 people together. If the work, thing enjoyment is better. So cooperation became the law of life. Then when everybody behaves properly, then no problem. But if five brothers are together, at least one becomes selfish. And eats a little more. Then what is the way out? The other four will have to sacrifice. If all people don't like to sacrifice, at least one person will have to do it. That is called the mother. Mother sacrifices for the children. And as long as mother is alive in a joint family, the family lives together. Father, of course, because he controls the property, they cannot get away. I mean, big properties. Nowadays, uh, families are breaking up. But that question doesn't arise so much. Anyhow, there must be some sacrificing person in every situation in life, then it will be possible to do that. That is how the idea of Nilakantha, Shiva is given. Uh, his throat is blue. I won't go to that story, then it will take you the whole time. Shiva, the person churning, poison arrows, who will take the poison? They call Shiva, sorry, you will have to do it. It is cosmic poison, not little. So he came and put in hand. You'll find many artistic representations and drinking the poison. Many artistic. Now, if he drinks the poison, he will be killed. But as yogi, he could, could control any function of the body. He stopped the poison from going down. So that poison is still there. It is blue or blackish. Nila blue. Blackish. That's why it's called blue-throated one. That means sacrifice is necessary. Somebody will have to do it. If you don't do willingly, my favorite example is taxation. If too much money is accumulated, government cannot run, there will be unrest. Some people who do not get it, they will complain. So the government said, no, give money. If you don't get willingly, law. If you don't want law, police. Police is not enough, soldiers. That, that is how stage by stage control comes. Whole thing is to make you sacrifice. The eh? idea. Then there is another theory called enlightened self-interest. See, in the America, it is very much preached that everyone must look after himself. That means be selfish. And you make money by whatever method doesn't matter. If you have made it, you'll say, ah, it's wonderful. 
If you cannot make it, they will put you to jail. That's all. That is the difference. But successful. So they said, oh, if some part of the world is too poor, people will turn communistic. And communism is dangerous for America. So America goes to pour money there, so they don't starve and don't revolt. It is like your neighbor's houses. Your house is neat and clean, very beautiful. Neighboring house is a little dirty. Now he's, because of that, the children fall sick. If they fall sick, my children will fall sick. So I go and clean his house. That is called enlightened self-interest. My self-interest is there, but enlightened means actually I'm sacrificing something, you see. So that is the idea. The sacrifice will have to be done by somebody or other. Now who will do it? If you do it voluntarily, less suffering. That's why they're interested. If you give donation to a church or a museum or somewhere, government says, all right, you should give a tax exemption. Actually, you're losing more money. But you feel the happiness that, yes, I'm a charitable man, I'm not ordinary. Self-satisfaction is there, but, but their purpose is also served. Anyhow, so self-sacrifice, willingly or unwillingly, is the law of life. That is what Sri Vivekananda is arguing. Love, one side, sacrifice is the concomitant corollary of it. As a result, self-abnegation. Normal life is, be, is play between two forces, I and you. Vedanta is an argument to know about the truth. You, whatever you can objectify is not you. See? This man, that man, all outside. So there, everybody, there is struggle between I and somebody or not I. Moral life is not to show one's, one's own self-interest, but leave it for the sake of others. Sake of others. It is a social necessity. It is a spiritual necessity. Social necessity in this sense. As I argued, if you accumulate too much, you will have there will be a means of sacrificing also, giving up. So this idea in day-to-day life also is percolating into every area of life. Their social consideration must be there. In Sanskrit, there is a word called dharma. Dharma is righteousness, cultivating higher virtues. But its modern translation is consideration for the other man. Say a child is there, he is hungry, food is there, he jumps on the food. By the time the child is five years old, Mother says, yes, you can jump on the floor on, in your house, but not in another house. There you must say, please, may I take it? This is called socialization of the human individual. Uh, that is the idea there. So this is the idea that self-abnegation will have to restrict your freedom so that the other gets the chance. Modern civilization meets it. Of course, 
this restriction is for your own sake. Arnold Trainbeck gives an example. The modern man doesn't realize how much they are controlled. For that, you need not require a totalitarian society. Get to the life. How? Previously, a man wanted to walk, any, any side he could walk. Now, immediately, a policeman throws his hand, you stop. For your own good, but it's a control, like they just pointed out. The modern man forgets how much they are being controlled. Machines give some type of freedom, but also put some more restriction also. Anyhow, the self-abdication, I give up my chance for the sake of the other man. My car is going this way. Policemen should know that way. You go. It's for your sake, of course, or other people's sake. So self-abnegation is every night, every day. Even in a family relationship, you can't get a glass of water unless somebody out of kindness, self-abnegation, gives it. If it's a family member, out of love, probably they give. If you go to a restaurant, out of duty or tips, whatever the reason they give. But somebody will have to give. You see? That means he's sacrificing a little of his time, of his energy, of his feeling. So this self-abnegation is also a law of life. And devotees throughout the world are advised Say, not I, not I, thou, Lord, nahang, nahang, tung, tung. Everything you say, God, 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 God. I am eating, you know, God is eating. I am working, the God's work I am doing. That way you spiritualize your life. Same thing you are doing, but bring the idea that it is for the sake of God I am doing. Say, you love a child. If it, your own child, a little selfishness is mixed up. But if somebody else's child or sick person, Vivekananda says, now that love is more unselfish. You don't expect anything. No expectation behind. So you give up your own self-interest and give for somebody else. That idea, negating one's own claim. Out of love, out of spiritual renunciation, the sense of duty, or mere idea of voluntary sacrifice, that idea. And every sacrifice means I'm denying my, my demands. I've got another interesting idea. Often I quote, I was in Santa Barbara, and the father Bush for the second time he came to uh, have a rally to address. So he told in the first term, I attacked Iraq to free the Kuwaits because he occupied it. And six billion dollars are spent and 500 young men died, young Americans died. But we went there for what is, for the, our self-interest. Oil is there. He did not tell oil, but something is there. Oil is there. And six billion dollars, America didn't lose. They squeezed Japan, Germany, everybody, whoever buys the oil. We are protected, whoever oil, give money. But 500 young men, of course, died. 
So their argument was self-interest because Americans understand self-interest. But if you are an Indian politician, you would have seen how wonderful people we are. We have sacrificed six billion dollars to help Iraq, not ourselves or help Kuwait, not for our sake. Same thing they have both sides have done. But they are presented because the people like sacrifice more than selfishness. You may be selfish, but don't show it. That is the idea. Selfish, unselfishness is praised more. That is the important. Anyhow, so self-abnegation is involved in any type of ethical conduct. Then Samji points out what is the purpose of morality. Normally we say social good, social good. But there is a higher spiritual purpose that highest realization of the absolute or one's real nature or Swamiji says freedom, that every atom is trying to be free. A bubble under the water comes to come up. A fish wants to, wants to fly, it becomes a bird. So these examples are there in nature. That freedom, everybody is trying to be free. Scientific investment, all these discoveries, inventions, these, that, all are meant for increasing the freedom. I cannot see more than 100 years a television, a telephone or is given. Millions of miles I can see these, that, that I am. Anyhow, so that is transcending the limitations of the senses. There are many theories why religion was created. Some said it is because of fear of natural forces, sense of wonder of the beauty of wonderful things. Swami's definition is because man's effort to transcend the limitations of the senses. First in the material level, then in the mental level, then spiritual level comes up. Now morality has got an absolute aspect. That is, asserting your, your spiritual, basic relation, basic condition of the soul, where there is no defect, nothing is there. Defects comes with manifestation, we see. So it is a practical aspect in day-to-day life. What will be the practical aspect on basis of your social necessity. Vivekananda argues that religion has no, no need, no business to poke its nose into every affair. So normally people try to find out what is the religious attitude, the religious position, and the abortion, uh, euthanasia, the then suicide, like this, uh, burning issues. And nowadays, I found some philosophy books I written, abortion. And from that, they bring the idea of Atman, this, that, soul. Previously, the old said, soul, so don't kill. 
Rawlan, no, don't kill now. Why? They go to the soul. The opposite way they are teaching. I of course saw those that type of books after 20, 30 years. I was very amused. How to present the books? People who are interested in topic that you talk. Absolute topic we give nobody half the people are not interested. Anyhow. The absolute standard, the achieving of the perfectness of the oneself, perfection. All religions talk about every man wants to be as perfect as possible. Then compromise, oh, it is not possible. The compromise in life. Every life we compromise. So that is absolute, but that is social aspect. Social aspect. So Vivekananda went to Tibet. Now Tibet, there is shortage of women. Hard life in the hills and this and that. The girls are normally more soft. Many of them don't survive or whatever is the reason. So they can marry three, one woman can marry three, four husbands. So he was a guest in a family, guest in a family. So he asked, why like this you do? You should not. He said, yes, you are a sadhu. You have to show, so, teach people sacrifice and you know, you are teaching a selfishness. But only one man will have a wife and four people will not have. This is selfishness. And Swamiji, of course, could not take, talk what to tell. You see? Jawaharlal Nehru had that experience once. One woman told me. She was in, she was from Uti. Uti, there is a tribal group of people. They, if guests come, they exchange wives and all that. that so Nehru, Prime Minister, came. She went to England and all that, quite well educated. She told, you're that custom. You should go and change. You should go and change. He said, why? Your people also do it. All the, she told me, all the movie actresses, she has hard stories. They go on marrying or changing husbands. Nowadays they could quote, of course, the senators and congressmen, all of them, presidents, they do it. But anyhow, she gave that example. Why that do it? It was the human nature to do it, why not allow it? Muslims said that were smart. Okay? Four wives. Okay? And then you can give talak, 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 talak is over, you see? Make it easier. So she argued, Nehru could not say what to do. I asked, what did he say? No, he kept silent. <laughs> he kept silent. So social need is there. If there's a shortage of women, society means there's, I need this way. If shortage of men, then more wives is quite all right, logical. After war, these, that, those things happen. But these are on a large scale, you see. But normal morality is kept up by the middle class. Very rich people and very poor people normally don't care all these things. If I am starving, why should I care what is morality and immorality? Let me get food first, by whatever means. And of course, you will have to support it also. Support it. If I am starving, what moral values? Animals have no moral values, you see. Similarly, they are almost at the stage of animal. No moral values. And if you are very rich, you can get away with it also moral values, rajas and, and kings and emperors and all that. 
because the Pope had the rule that you can have only one wife, Henry VIII started new religion, Anglicans. British Church came out of Roman Church because he was not allowed to marry more than one. Though he still did it by divorcing or killing or whatever. But anyhow, this is the practical aspect. Practical, the morality as a practical situation. And in practical situation, society dictates what is morality, what is immorality. And I was telling a friend, at one time in India after war, rice rationing was there. Say Calcutta city, 20 miles out, free rice, 20 miles within rationing. So naturally all free rice came into, by smuggling it is called. It, it is Ill, illegal. But they are the people who kept the, alive this city people because they did not have enough, enough rice. So one woman was convicted. The judge said that I know that these people are keeping Calcutta alive. So saying, but law says she should be punished. So I fined her for one rupee and brought out from his own pocket and gave the one rupee. Next, next day, Settle gone, abolished rationing. This is an immoral law. A law which cannot be practiced by people or doesn't have the sanction of the people is an immoral law. So whether it can be defied or not is a different question. Fights, maybe that's Anyhow, so morality is not the end of itself. Morality for a purpose they've imposed. It is for a higher purpose, upkeep of society, balance of society, or for a higher spiritual goal, that idea. From that standpoint, Swamiji argues, ethics means conflict. Should I do this or that? This is good or this is bad? A conflict is there. Then you solve it, this, on the good side. That is called morality. But Swamiji said, no, if the man is well established in truth, he can never tell a lie. Ramakrishna says an expert dancer can never give a false step. Unconsciously, the right way will do it. Similarly, a man who is established, he has not conflict involved in having the right decision because he has perfected himself so much. Unconsciously has done itself or manifested its spiritual nature. Two ways of looking at it. Vedanta says soul is perfect, is manifesting spiritual nature or whatever nature. The other idea that I am improving, I am improving, I am improving that idea. And now, why these considerations are coming in? Mainly Christian missionaries in the last previous century, 18th. No, 19th century, when the ruling British were ruling in India. And of course, they simply don't rule, they try to convert also. So at that time, they are telling that Vedanta is too logical, they can't fight with it. But they say Vedanta or Hinduism doesn't teach morality. 
because Vedanta's position is morality is the human society. When duality is there, when you go beyond it, there's no talk of morality because you are beyond duality. So Vedanta doesn't talk of Vedanta's argument is our life was so pure. To progress in spirituality, you might make your life so pure by telling the truth, these, that, that, the whole list is there. That they cannot go against higher type of morality. Higher type of morality, they cannot go against the unconscious they do it. Whereas you have got conflict every time a conflict, otherwise it's not ethical effect. Their argument, it is biological. Whatever you do instinctively, your reasoning mind is not working, so it is instinctive like an animal. That argument, Vedanta will know, it is not an animal, super, super reason it is, that condition. That is not instinctive, it's conscious, he has practiced these virtues and made himself so elevated that he cannot stoop down. Stoop down, he's expert, like the dancer as Ramakrishna said. So, this idea, that was the major reason why the question Vedanta and morality question came. They're attacking. They don't ask you tomorrow. Uh, say, abortion, euthanasia, uh, suicide, all these questions are there. Now, Hindus are asked, sometimes when you go, uh, in fact, one good, friendly Christian missionary said, Swami, you should take a position. Hinduism should take a position on these issues. He was an Indian, somebody very friendly with us. As a good motive, he said, you should take a position. Our ideas, we don't take position. Why? Now, somebody was taken, shall I take vegetarian food or non-vegetarian? Of course, vegetarian is killing, non-vegetarian is not killing. Now, killing the animal is a killing. Human being, of course. Now, killing the fish, is it violence? It is life. People don't kill men, but all the animals they are finishing. You see? Uh, people ask why the population is increasing. Because you are finishing all the animals, they come come back as a human beings. You see, so many. So less than the animal eating, then some people remain animal. Anyhow, so animal level. So you eat. That means already you have made a distinction. This I can eat, but not that one. So Ramakrishna entered in the mood everywhere. Somebody walked in the grass, then he felt a pain here. Now, if you are all the time in that mood, you could not live. So many people are walking on so many grasses. So it was a particular passing mood. Another saint became famous for some time in Bombay, Nishargadatta is considered extremist logical. Ramakrishna accepted everywhere. God is everywhere. 
he also accepted one in a, he was sitting on a deer skin or tiger skin deer skin i think so a police journalist cross examined him you are supporting violence otherwise how can you sit on that skin and he said doesn't matter doesn't matter of course fully did not explain explain that life is everywhere so it doesn't matter i sit here or there then there was another saint called ramdas uh, not not the american ramdas the indian ramdas so he also was asked he saw ram everywhere but he did not face that argument this way he said that is the natural law in sanskrit say matsanyaya fish civilization is it fish is bigger fish gets the smaller the bigger is smaller it we have seen uh, in this nature nature movies of the, the it the bigger one so there is the story that that is how the fishes wanted to fly the bigger birds a few million years required of course but anyhow so there is called matsan that there is the natural law so in natural law if it happens it doesn't matter basic argument is life sorry brahmananda was asked vegetarian tell me where vegetation ceases and life begins i see life even in the vegetable even the vegetable i see so that is their basic position that's why vedanta or hinduism doesn't take any position either it is a social domain why should you ask me how many wives they will have or it is a spiritual domain i see the reality everywhere see this is the position but of course normal life there will be distinction normal life it is mixture so about abortion is a very lie burning question suicide now i once one special issue came out in some magazine time or something reading 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 i got confused whether life comes at the age of 5 months or what months and what month so i gave up the idea uh, only support is before seeing the child i have killed him i have not killed him if you ask me to kill a goat or a cow very few people will be willing you kill and give me i don't see it see the whole of south asia they are buddhist they believe in non violence but most of them eat meat health requires meat is a muscle what is theory we don't kill it hindus also americans you also all of all the people nobody cuts it or mrs uh, bull uh, some his disciple was there in uh, invited some people and one woman was uh, clamoring where is the chicken where is the chicken <laughs> that the chicken was not made you see but that used to meet that is one dish nowadays people have become more liberal but still on those days. so she got so annoyed brought one live chicken put on table take let me see you don't like to kill it somebody else should kill it i shall eat it without knowing 
whether it is a fruit, whether it is a fruit or a meat, you see. Anyhow, so that is the position that violence, unseen violence, somebody else does it, I don't do it, you see. So this is the position, that life everywhere, or is it natural law things happen? Like life, life is based on exploitation. When I first I told to a family, they were so shocked, so shocked that I am telling like that. Do you understand that if, if you are to sit in the easy chair and get a ready-made tea and your wife begs it, it's exploitation. If a compensator, that is not called exploitation, is of course you compensate, then it is not exploitation. But any type of service indirectly is based on taking advantage. Exploitation means taking advantage of somebody. So, but the, the balance idea is the compensation, what compensation you give. In one place, you take service from her, you must give back in some way. Tolstoy, I think, told, uh, it is immoral to have 19 servants for your own body. The nobles used to have, uh, nobles, men also would have, and women, of course, uh, 10, 20, somebody will raise the dress, somebody raise this, that, uh, 20 people employed. He said it's immoral. Probably he did not have objection to one or two, you see. But in present is even one or two you cannot have, you see. India, we used to call the servants uh, you, you, thou, thou, uh, Lord. Now you can't say that. Uh, you'll have to give respect everyone, human respect everyone. Like your maid servant comes, first off is the television. And if the television is not, is out of order, scolds you, why it is not correct? Hmm? I have to serve in your house. Anyhow, so what I have told all this time, mainly try to explain what is morality. Oh, I was trying to finish this idea. Uh, regarding abortion, euthanasia, suicide. Euthanasia and suicide are voluntary. Voluntary. Now I've got terrible pain, terminal disease. They're telling that you'll live like you'll live like a vegetable or all the time in agony. Anybody who makes living will nowadays, right, don't keep me suffering. Die a little earlier, nobody minds to die a little earlier. If I die earlier, my family members may suffer, but I am not suffering, I am gone. Only let me not suffer. That is the major thrust. But of course, there are many problems that lawyers will have to find out whether if a rich man is killed more quickly. But I now found that poor men are killed more quickly because to raise a patient, no income, cannot go for a job, you see. So for, for poor people, they themselves will have to do it. Rich men at least have got money, can get it done by somebody. Only unless he's avaricious, wants money quickly. Father, why are you not doing? Ben part is ready. A story was there. When he was dying, predictory, he will die. But he's delaying. Six hours gone, seven hours gone, die. So the son comes. There are jokes, of course. Sir, Baba, you must quickly die. Bad party, everything is ready. All people are ready. 
If you die now, you will get a good send-off. If you don't die now, the whole thing is spoiled. <laughs> Anyhow, so the fear is if you make it legal, that various methods, that problem is there. That for lawyers to decide, the loopholes, the guess, they can think better than you. We don't know all the gaps, you see. Anyhow, theoretically speaking, if it is voluntary and living is painful, I personally do in favor. Euthanasia, why not? If I, if I am to live a painful life, painful life and I've decided to die, that is one point. And abortion is a very difficult question. Again, defective children are born, born of incest, born of raping. Those cases should be allowed immediately. See, the moment law allows it, there will be people to do it. You need not kill yourself, somebody else will help you. But these are what good personal concerns. Now, as a religious teacher, can I tell it? As a religious teacher, also I can say that way, bringing those two arguments. But different people take different position. Uh, once somebody asked me that terrible pain has come, can he committed, commit suicide? A terrible pain, as I said. I said, yes. Pavitra Dar, who is 20 years older than me, no, 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 you should not prevent the karma. His karma theory, karma follows bringing fruit, you should not terminate it. The theory is if you terminate it next life, again you have to bring it in from there with added batch, black, added sin. Killing soul is a sin. These 25 years, this much difference has come in opinion. I am supporting by quoting some of the final argument. He's taking karma theory literal. You are preventing it. Preventing it. It's function. So bear it. Bearing the pains of life. But bearing the pains of life is religion supported up to a certain extent. Shankara says, bearing the pains of life without protest is the diksha. Now, that is too much. Bearing the pains, I understand. But I should not take medicine. I should not complain. That is too much, I think. But that is called the diksha, bearing. Now, here, these people are there. What group it is called? Uh, Mrs. Eddie is the founder. Christian science. Huh? Christian science. Loudly. Christian science. Huh? What? Christian. Christian scientist. All that. Now, Christian scientist from Oshoka told me. He was a great Advaita Vedantist. Well, we believe in Vedanta. But that man was the architect of the big church near our Berkeley temple, behind. He had cancer, but he will not go to the doctor. Why? He believed the mind is everything. Mind cures, mind is that. That we managed for 60, 70 years. But he said it never went to the doctor. He's a very famous architect there. As, a, as your founder, I don't remember names. But anyhow, 
Oshukandya, one of our major Vedantists, Adhidvadha. We talk Vedantists, but ailment is there, treatment is available, and I don't go in. It is difficult. They have got faith. It is not realization, it is faith. You see? Faith gives martyrdom. Martyr, martyr suffer. Some salesmen die without suffering. You see? As a yogi, nobody feeling like some Turiyanda. He had carbuncle operation for five hours, four hours. No local anesthesia in those days. He did not, be chloroform, did not want to be chloroform. He bore the pain. How? The doctor complained here. Knife goes a little raw flesh, but it doesn't react. Then he saw that actually keep a little more of the mind with the body so that it reacts. That whenever it crosses the dead flesh into the other, the body reacts. And of course, people record in different ways. Some other record, oh, that's told that when you feel pain, say, woo. So when everything was over, then he said, well, no, no, everything's over, why are you doing ooh now? <laughs> uh, two reports. One report is he did not react because he did not feel it. Whereas Bidyashagar had cut, some boil cut, he did not shake. Huh? Uh, Moro, there's Muro, General of Napoleon, his whole he- leg was amputated. First of all, why did you tell earlier I would not have gone for it? So he put a cigar and asked him to amputate the leg in Napoleon's days and bore it. Of course, Krotius can... I am tempted to tell one more story. <laughs> the the Krotius, military people, bear pain. What is the pain? There is a story about Korno. Korno wanted to learn some specialized weaponry. Only one man knew it. So he went to him, but he wouldn't teach anybody other than Kshatriyas. Kshatriyas, fighters. They fight and wound, get wound, that don't matter. Brahmins can tolerate it, but anyhow. They read with books and thinking, but anyhow. So he hide his identity and goes as a Kshat. No, not as a Kshatriya, as a Brahmin or something, I forgot. And went for treatment. Yeah, for learning. Because that teacher called Parashram, he was anti-Kshatriya, you would not teach a Kshatriya. Once exterminated 17 times or 18 times. But some children there. Anyhow, so one, he, loved, he loved him very much and came. The one day they Guru wanted to lie down. The sister sat with cross-legged on his uh, thigh. He put his head and slept. In the meantime, Bhadrakita, uh, a severe type of creature, uh, came and began to suck blood. And Bhag began to blow from his body. He touched Parashram on his body. She felt cool. Hey, where is from this water coming? Look, that is blood. Where from it's come? Then looked and found that insect was still there. The voice did not uh, wake me up. No, you are sleeping. They have an extreme type of devotion. Nowadays, if we demand it, 
those who always change the guru, you see? But anyhow, so he, well, I did not do it because your sleep will be broken. Then he said, no, you cannot be a, you cannot be a Brahmin or some other caste. You must be a Kshatriya. Other than a Kshatriya, nobody can bear this type of pain. Pain is being inflicted, still he doesn't react. He must be. And of course, Puranic method, that went for nothing, cursed him. When the time comes, he will not remember your weapon. Very unkind, but anyhow he did it. So there is the idea that he is just unconscious he is a Kshatriya, he will behave like this. Similarly, Brahmin, that was the style, no more. Now, Brahmin, one boy went to a teacher, eh? Satya Kama, eh? so asked, what is your name, Satya Kama? What is your, what clan you come, what, what is your father's name? I don't know, I should ask my mother and come and tell. Tagore has got a poem on it. The next day he came, my boy, have you asked your mother? Yes. Mother told, I was a maid servant in the front, so I have served many people, so I don't know who is your father. So you can call yourself Jabala Sattakama. Mother's name was Jabala. And lo and behold, I come to America, went to the bank, they sell right mother's maiden name. The pure Sattakama story it is. Sattakama story. Father is not known, mother's maiden name. Even now you are to write. Anyhow, all the jugas go come back, you see. Anyhow. So Jabala Sattakama. Now everybody was taunting August that is a law class man, he is coming. Not no, not merely law class, he's a irregular. But the teacher was so good. He said, You must be a Brahmin son. Such a damaging truth about himself, other than Brahmin, nobody can tell. See, other people tell lies a little, it's all right, according to their profession. But Brahmin has no business to tell lies. So that part, type of respect they had. The Brahmins cannot tell lie, and Kshatriya bears the pains of life. That is the idea. All right. So morality may be good. Or these are the virtues necessary. I have got a list necessary. But what is the basis of morality? Normally social consideration, and second, life consideration. And second is spiritual concern, absolute standard. So that will show we don't take position in this, in the special situations, special situation. Uh, Aversion is a little doubtful. Uh, but one man told me he had a defective son. Before my eyes, the son dashes here, dashes there. He can walk. Different types are there. He said, painful of course for parents, he told this boy I want a particular surgery. With that surgery, his life has been prolonged according to them about 20 years. Now I'm going to think whether I have increased 20 years of suffering for him. But Maharaj, this time surgery is available, how not to go for it? How could I not go? I had to go. But I feel that 20 years of suffering I increased for him. So it is difficult to decide. Difficult and abortion. If there is defective children, 
I personally will say what, but I cannot give a fatwa. Yes, everybody should do it. Everybody will have to do it. In this country, they tried to solve it by adoption. By adoption, they tried to solve it. But not the defective ones so much, the normal ones. Even defective, later they found. So it is difficult to say whether normal child could be aborted or not. Yeah. All right. I do not, do not clarify one point. Why Hinduism gives? Hinduism believes in Adhikari Veda. According to the standard of the man, he has got different standards. Whereas Christian and others call doctrine and method. This is a must. But they don't consider the level of the person. 80% of the things they cannot follow, but 10 commandments. You can memorize very quickly, but doing is there. So, Hinduism major position is, Hinduism Vedanta Veda, you can say, the level of society that you are, level of culture that you are in, in that standard you will have to do it. Adhikari Veda it is called, that standard. Uh, I work in a port, which is the place of all ruffians. At that time you cannot be Buddhistic. Buddha said, unless one side stops quarreling, quarreling will be perpetuated. There is the ultimate solution of peace. If you want peace, one side will have to decide, no more, fight. But everybody said, let the other party do it, you see? So that, but that, some people ask me, when twin towers are destroyed, what is your ultimate solution? Ultimate theoretical solution is Buddhistic, not to take revenge. But every level probably fighting is necessary. Capital punishment. So capital punishment should be, it is a revenge or not. Many arguments, you people are familiar with arguments whether people is a deterrent or not, or whether you have a right to kill a person. This is a normal argument. Some say it is not a deterrent. If you send them to jail, again they come back and again commit. Now, if he again commits, why should you allow him to give a chance again to kill? Like that argument. These are the three major arguments in favor of not doing it. It is not a deterrent. Huh? God's life you cannot take. And the second idea is that the man is worth of his own. Democracy, everyone has his worth. Which is the corollary of that argument. A positive argument is it is a deterrent. If you know that if you kill your in-law, you will be hanged. Then you will think about it. Think a little. Or at least 50... 80-90% of planning will go. You know it will come. You may escape. One or two people escape also. But planning will go. This is my belief, of course. It's a counter-argument. Counter-argument. And whether it is a divine, God created his life cannot break, that argument I've given elaborately. Ramakrishna is that everybody is seeing same, same life everywhere. So, Nibeta once showed that Jagadish was proved. He already accepted plants have got life. But also proved that 
iron, metal has got life. So henceforth, we must have uh, metal protection society, like animal protection society should be created. Leave it the road jokingly. So that is the moral, spiritual argument as against God's creature you are killing. And the other one is deterrent. I personally believe it is a deterrent, but it's useful. The revenge should be revenge or not. Killing is an extreme position. The killer should not be allowed, but why they should be allowed? Because nowadays sometimes found out wrongly, at least some movies I have seen, wrongly sued after 20 years, they found he was not guilty. But because of that chance, you better not to hang him, you see? But it's definite, especially cruel type. Of course, law it seems agrees to some of these things. Uh, do you know, by the by, that suicide is an offense. You will be jailed if you fail to, su fail to commit suicide. If you're successful, no problem. But when I first heard, I laughed and laughed. And that, huh, you committed pain, anyhow. Uh, anyhow, but very rarely anybody has been jailed for that, I think. I don't know. Anyhow, these are my opinions about the controversial issues, but this is my opinion and my arguments. These are not my spiritual domain, so you need not accept everything. We, two ways we talk, either to persuade you to behave or persuade you to think. These are the two of our activities, why we do it. So today is thinking, no, nothing to do with it. I shall close with a, <coughs> I shall close with a chant. Om asato ma sadgamaya, tamaso ma jyotirgamaya, mrittur ma amritam gamaya. Sarve loka shogna bhavantu, sarve santu niramaya, sarve bhadrani pashantu, ma kashti dukkha bhag bhavit. Lead us from the unreal to the real, lead us from darkness to light, lead us from death to immortality. May all people be happy. May all people be free from disease. May none be subject to suffering. Om Shanti, Shanti, Shanti. Peace, peace. Peace be unto us all.